The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here. Unemploymentradio.com. Now I feel like I want to find that penny story for you. <laughs> I was telling Lisa, like, I was pulling Lisa Woods centric, like, world of crazy stories like not that a penny story wouldn't be something that you'd like but it didn't seem exciting enough i'm not 100 percent filthy sure all right do you want me to repull the the you don't have finding to. the special penny story <laughs> i was telling lisa she's like i like pennies <laughs> pennies are fine pennies are my favorite i'm just curious what was so special about it <laughs> so it's a 1943 penny that they found and apparently it's worth a lot at auction It'd be worth like a million dollars, which kind of <laughs> makes me want to look at all my pennies. Yeah, because you can find random pennies, I guess, that are worth a ton of I shit. Change jar? Is it a is it a U.S. American? Well, penny? now I'm gonna have to look up the penny story. <laughs> all right, hello, my friends. My name is Sarah Stillen. I'm here with my dear friend Lisa Wood. Hello. Uh, this is some weird version of Fun Employment Radio. Greg <laughs> is out of town for CES, so I've had mm. a plethora of some of my favorite people coming in this week, and now I'm joined by um, one of my oldest, dearest friends, and I don't know we. Did we just host the one show together? Um, yeah. Yeah, and then at one time we... I mean, we... you were kind of, Did you help out on the local show? I mean, you were involved a little bit, A little bit, bit yeah. But we mostly did the punk show together. Yeah. And friendship. And friendship. Mm-hmm. We're the masters of karate and friendship for everyone. <laughs> friendship for everyone. <laughs> All right, I'm All right, Lisa, why don't you um, tell people a little bit about yourself while I find this stupid penny story? What? Really? Yes. Oh. Don't you want me to find? All right, no. um, okay. Lisa. So no, what's, what's new with I you? Just, like, what do we want to talk about? I want to talk about everything with you. I was born in New York, and uh, in New see. York City? No, Elmira. Okay. Very, very up, like up north. Very rural. You're of Italian, Italian I'm descent. I'm of Italian descent. You just went to New York recently, <laughs> and you met a bunch of um, family members that you hadn't met before, correct? Uh, the, I, they were my family members that I knew, but Brian got to meet. Brian finally got to meet my um, cousin Tony, who I've talked about a lot. Of course, his name is Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I, this is not hyperbolic. Um, cousin Tony, cousin Donnie, cousin Louie. <laughs> Wow. I was just talking actually with Todd yesterday. I'm like, it would be so cool to be Italian. It is. I know. No, like, he's the kind of guy that, like, growing up, I was always like, uh, two of my cousins have been, were cops for like 20, between like 15, 20 years. They were retired. They were on the force. They're retired cops. Okay. But, like, there was, <laughs> there was a point in time where, where, um, Cousin Tony was running a video store. <laughs> oh, Cousin <laughs> Tony. Like, mm, retired cop. Uh, does pretty well for himself. I'm pretty sure he's not running a video store. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's like, but there's all this mystery around it because my mom refuses to even acknowledge. No, God, Lisa, that's just a stereotype. Oh, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, Mike, cause, cause, yeah mm. he has like a $5,000 suit. Yeah, but. it's like... <laughs> It's like that uh, that Russian furniture store on Foster. <laughs> we, like, that furniture off. has been the same furniture since like the seventies. He like, paid off the the groundskeeper at my grandpa's funeral. Like, wait, what do you mean paid him like, off? They were kind of like, "Hey, you need to wrap it up." <laughs> and he's like, "Here's a, like I saw him hand the guy a wad of cash." Oh my it's god! It's just you know, it's just the way things the are Italian done. Italian way, but um, yeah. So Brian had heard stories for years, and um. I coordinated with him. He called me and left a message, and Brian wanted to listen to the voicemail like 10 times. Oh, wow. All it was was like, yo, hey, Lisa, this is Anthony. Call me back. 
Like that was the whole message. Oh but Brian was like, obsessed do it again. with it. Play it again. Play it again. <laughs> I know. I think um, because like Brian and I were both. I mean, we're both pasty. Like so far from Italian, you can, I think we're both probably fascinated by the culture. He loved it. We went to dinner with them. We walked in. Um, the guy was like, you know, hey, how many for dinner? And I said, oh, I'm actually meeting my cousin. Um, and when I say cousin, I mean they're in their 70s. Yeah. So it's like my mom's cousin. But um, and he said, oh, Tony. And I said, yeah. <laughs> And this happens anytime I go out to eat with them. They're like, "Hey, Tony!" Uh, oh, so he was wow. like, "He likes that table." And he do you likes know how jealous Greg is? Table. Greg will be of you when he hears this. He'll be like, "Oh my God, she's in The Sopranos. This is amazing." Um, my grandpa's in The Godfather. We know he this, was in right? the band, like, right? Yeah. yeah, he was a career based stand up bass player. Um, he held the first chair at the Copacabana for ten years. He wow. his life was playing music with like Rosemary Clooney and. Dean Martin and Jimmy Durante. My mom's like, oh, I remember being a little kid being carried around by Jimmy Durante backstage. I'm like, wow. I know. Sorry, you're like, there, there's my first There one. it is. <laughs> um, fuck you, mom. Fuck you, mom. It's uh, so it seems like every person that has come on this week, like, starts, like, but so, for example, uh, my friend Todd, Todd Workoven, was in yesterday. Like, very upstanding individual, like, you know, like, works at a church and everything. And all of a sudden, like, it's, like being in this room unleashes profanity for some reason. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to I be proper. I don't need the room, Sarah. I know you don't. <laughs> you just need your mouth, Lisa. <laughs> no, but so, um, so yeah, anyway, so it's this long history of all this really cool New York stuff. And um, anyway, so I was like, well, we'll take that table. And of course, I have two tables. I picked the wrong one. <laughs> so Tony and everybody, wa- Tony, Donnie, and their wives walk in, and he's like, what are you doing over here? And I was like, I don't know. He said, you like this table? And he's like, we take the one in the window. <laughs> you know? oh I was like, my all right. <laughs> and we had a great dinner. It was super fun. Um, one of the days we were riding the subway, these guys um, got on the train. I'm sure that if you've been in New York, you know, a ton of people try to get you to give them money on yeah, the subway. Yeah. But these guys got on the train and broke into the most beautiful four-part harmony and were like singing their way up the the car and Brian and I totally gave him money. Yeah. Um, and I happened to send that video to a friend in Seattle. I was like, oh my God, look at this. This is amazing. Um, and because Reddit, I don't use Reddit, uh, but he. I've tried to figure it out, but eh. I'm still, yeah. Uh, the, the TLDR kind of turns me off of all of that. Um, I keep getting logged out of the chat. So sorry, guys. Um, You'll just have to listen to it yeah, in real time. Because I'm doing it on my but phone. But there is a question for you that I'll bring up okay. here in a few. I'll let you do that. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yep. Um, anyway, so he was like, like an hour later, he said, oh, yeah, the, those are the remaining members of the Persuasions who were produced by Frank Zappa. And I looked it up, and sure enough. What? I was like, holy shit, dude. That's that guy. That's that guy. That's yeah. amazing. So they're just wandering around performing doing their thing which is like kind of great and kind of sad i know i was at the same time i, I was, was kind like, of like conflicted with like, that yeah and they're they're pan they've been reduced to panhandling on the subway but they sing are, beautifully are, now were, did they seem like they were panhandling or were they kind of still chase like fulfilling their dream maybe they like get together and they're taking the subway from like their meeting point to like go have some lunch they had a bag oh okay <laughs> do you i was like uh you know what i'll send it to you Okay. If you want to post it as a recap. Sure, yeah, for sure. Or as part of the recap. Um, let's see, what else did we do? Well, speaking of singing, though, real quick. Um, so um, our buddy Kenda's in the chat, and she wants to know, um, I was asking if anyone had any questions for you, and she said yes, and I know this answer, but why don't you answer? <laughs> does Lisa still sing with a band or any band, uh, or does she sing at all? I do sing. Um, 
uh, I will say that I'm a little bit bummed that I don't sing with a band. Mm -hmm. I am actually like constantly trying to find people to play with. I did an audition for this um, soul band who are amazing. It's like a 10 piece soul band and they have a singer. They have a guy, yeah. uh, but they don't have a girl. And they were like, maybe we could have you feature every once in a while. But they've been like, I don't know. They yeah. were like, we love your voice. You're great. And then ever since then, it's just been like, yeah, we're just working on, you know, this, that and the other. And mm -hmm. so it just kind of never happened. But uh, I joined an all women's chorus. Yes, you did. <laughs> so tell, talk about that, because that is so, the coolest thing. It's called the Aurora Chorus. Uh, it's led by the reason I joined it uh, was because I started researching their composer or their their director, who mm. is a renowned composer. The woman is like there's people in our chorus who are there because of her that are like you have no idea how many people would like kill to be in your shoes right now. Wow, learning from this woman. She's her name is Joan Chimko and she's she's phenomenal. Um, I like it because it gives me a chance to sing regularly. Um. And do your octaves, and because you've practiced in here in our studio before. Yeah. Haven't you? yeah, I always wondered like what people were thinking. <laughs> oh my god, our new neighbors next door. I don't know what the fuck they do, but they're just over there usually like screaming. Like it's probably gonna happen. It usually happens right around noon because screaming? that's screaming. They're like screaming and laughing, and it's like ah, yeah, you're so like it's these. I don't know what is going on. That's weird. But it's at the top of their lungs, and I think it might be. I think they're a tattoo parlor or something, but I don't know why they'd be like screaming so that's loud. That's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. So you that's try to I'm, listen. <laughs> I have actually before, <laughs> but I just heard like a lot of like, yeah. like, oh my god, that is so fucked up. Like, uh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> god. Um, well, so then I will promote. Uh, we are doing. Uh, we are singing an International Women's Day concert, and it's happening on March third. And we perform at the that huge, awesome first congregational church down on the park blocks. Oh wow. It's, beautiful it's like a, it's basically a venue yeah it's just in a church but i've been to a, awesome. a wedding there before like yeah. years ago it was gorgeous this last time around we split our two shows and we did one over on the northeast side but it just wasn't the venue wasn't as good yeah but uh i have to say dimitri came thank you dimitri oh awesome uh, he, i thought that was he's actually really in the chat awesome. and he said that was such an amazing <laughs> chorus <laughs> and also really as fun. a on cue are you hearing that jesus christ yeah um. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, see, and Kenneth, like I see tickets are only twelve dollars. Gonna snag a few right now. Totally. Absolutely. That's... I would love. I would love. So here's the thing. Like, uh, because I had to work this past time because I yeah. really wanted to go and see you and, and support you. And the honest you. truth is, well, so I'll back up really quick. The 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 Women's Day concert is gonna be very like the compote Joan is a very like she is an activist feminist like Good. it's gonna be very like empowering women I'm excited about it we're doing a song that has was inspired by Christine Blasey Ford um we're doing I texted Heather Mayer actually because we're doing an old um American Union song from like the 1860s wow um we're doing a Miley Cyrus song which one uh it's called The Climb I guess it's from like her early like Right, right when she I was coming. I think I know that song, and it's great. Out of yeah. uh, Hannah Montana. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> anyway, so it's gonna be really fun. Um, my, I, I have like the hangups. When I first started, I was like, like it's not cool. It's a bunch of, uh, it's a an amazing community of women, but most of them are, you know, silver haired, a little bit older, and so like cotton like, tops. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Um, and and on some level, I felt like it was a little bit cheesy. But the more that I do it, the more that I realize how amazing it is. Like, Passion is not cheesy. It's a it's a community of women who like some of them. They this is the only time they get out of the house. This mm -hmm. is their only friend group. This is this is everything to them. It's existed for like twenty eight years. 
Um, I think if, if you're lucky enough to find something that you're passionate about, then yeah. that's just like, that can never be lame. Well, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, the without going into a lot of detail, uh, you know, I there was a lot of really horrible shit that happened to me over the last couple years. Mm-hmm. And I just was having a really hard time, like, digging out. And I read this article one day, and it was about how singing – not only reduces stress, anxiety, it fires up your right temporal lobe and makes you more creative, just all these things. But part of it was that when people sing together, their heartbeats sync up. Wow. Which is a trip. That's crazy. I've never heard that. And I've always loved singing. And and you're, by the way, just for the record, Lisa's a phenomenal singer. She isn't one of those people like, <laughs> you know, you'll hear someone, they have like a decent, like I have a decent voice. You I don't have know, a good voice. It's all right. It's fine. Like I don't think <laughs> I, I can keep a tune and everything, but you have like a singer voice, like a. Thank you. It's very, very beautiful. I have started to believe, and I have a friend who's going to let me do this, like an AB. I've started to believe this. Um, I used to think people had like given talent and they do, mm. but I think that. I think that most people who succeed to a really high degree are just really, really good at discipline and practice. Mm-hmm. So I believe anybody can sing. Um, I'm trying to rope more young people into this, too, because, like, I feel like the more young people that are in it, it makes it a little more diverse. Then we get, like, a maybe a little more diverse audience as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's a How is the audience? Does, really the, cool does the audience skew older a little bit, too? It was a little bit of everything, yeah. actually. And we sold... A thousand tickets That's between insane. two shows, which was rad. That is wonderful. They were both sold out, so we had to actually like try and make room for like. Do we have chairs? That we yeah. Can <laughs> anyway, so that was a really long way to say yes. I am still singing, but <laughs> that, if you have a band and you, or you to know be someone, in a band. <laughs> what kind you know, of band are you actually different? What kind of band are you looking for? I would love to to do soul and R and B or something like that. But I, I mean, I still love rock music as long as I can sing. Yeah. Like sing. I remember when I was in Seattle, I auditioned for a punk band that was like a ad in the Rocket, and uh, it was the drummer from Green River, which I was like, "Holy shit!" Oh man! Uh, and they were like, "You're great, uh, but you sing way too good <laughs> to be in a punk band." And I was like, "Oh, uh, thank but you." They were kind of right. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't sing. I I don't have that. I don't have. Well, you the, don't want to like mess up your voice too by like doing like the throaty like yeah. screaming or anything. Yeah. Like, I kind of think about not that I'm anywhere in the realm of her but like I kind of think of Storm sometimes Mm -hmm. how like she was singing in all these rock bands but like she has this voice that's way more suited to what she's doing now yep unless unless you can like formulate a rock band where you can really do that kind of singing yeah I don't know it's kind of the same I'm just trying to recognize like what my voice is good at and well, that's so crazy yeah. about the heartbeat thing. I've never even I know. heard that. It's awesome. It really does make you feel. I always feel better when I leave rehearsal. That's how I always. feel when I'm painting. Yeah. Like, I always feel better after. Like, I never feel worse. Like, even if it's not going in the direction that I want it to, like, at least I know that I'm working towards something. It's a creative outlet. It is, exactly. And uh, for anybody who might be interested, I will just say, it's not, it's a non-audition choir. So... You do have, like, you got to be able to match pitch. Mm-hmm. She's going to be like, sing la 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 la. You got to be able to go la 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 la. You know, if, you're, if you just cannot find pitch, that's like the only reason I think you wouldn't be able to sing. Yeah. But it is all walks of life. If you can't afford it, it's not that. It's a couple hundred bucks for like a whole term, mm-hmm. um, which I relate to like, it's 60 bucks an hour for a voice lesson. Yeah. So you're basically getting. A two and a half hour voice lesson every week for like three months from like one of the top people. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's it's everybody's welcome. They have scholarship stuff for like people who can't afford it, and it's really great. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's been keeping you a little busy. Yeah, 
It's it's once we only got a two week break over the holiday, and then we just right back into it for International Women's Day. How awesome! Day. Uh, how often do you rehearse for it? Uh, rehearsals are once a week, but then we also have like, I'm a soprano one, so we have breakout like sectional practices. We don't we're not allowed to use our music when we sing, so we have to do it all from all from memory. And That's one of the songs for this quarter is, or for International Women's Day has, oh my gosh, we're singing in like Czechoslovakian, um, uh, Arabic. Um, it's got like four languages. And you have to memorize all of song. that? Yeah. <laughs> and last round we did one in Swedish. Swedish is really hard to memorize. Can you please to be singing me a little <laughs> bit of a song in Swedish? <laughs> I don't even remember it. <laughs> Come on. It was called Yule Yule. Uh, oh, God. It was like, Strålande Yule, uh, Glans over Vita I can't even, and you know how I remember that? Because oh. this lady who sits behind That's me is so like pretty. really good at, um, at like making relations. Uh-huh. And she wrote this whole story about a lady named Vita the school guard. And because the end of that line was Vita the school guard. <laughs> like, That's the only That was how I remembered it. Vita the school guard. She wrote like this whole story. I have to do that. Hilarious. That's how I would learn in college. That's how I can memorize things. I'd have to trick my brain into like. Yeah, making up stories or yeah. Like, yeah, acronyms or something just to be, be able to remember it. It's hard because you don't know what you're saying either. Yeah. Like, part of the passion <laughs> you of music is knowing what you're talking about. <laughs> you're like, what am I singing about? Did you find out what you were singing about? Uh, not really. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I, what if it was like some about it, but yeah, what if it was like some horrible message? And it was like, kind of like try to enjoy the whole. There was one line that was like over the blood and the wars. <laughs> it's like trying to, well. Europeans sure. are a lot more uh, dramatic. <laughs> no. Honest? Yes, honest. I don't know. That's not true. I'm just talking about it. All right, well, real quick, going back to the penny thing. Oh, yeah. So, Let's talk um, about pennies. So, it's a 1943 copper penny that I guess um, it's worth at least $170,000. So, what? look for a 1943 penny. I don't know why. Let me see. What why that it? year? All right. So, around the end of 1942, a small number of uh, bronze planchets and uh, m- uh, plain metal disc that is stamped as a coin got caught in the trapdoors of a mobile tote bin used to feed the blanks. Let's see. Uh, I don't oh, know. Is there like really a, there's like a flaw in it? All right, yeah. So there's 10 to 15 of these 1943 copper pennies oh. that are worth almost $200,000. So it's not just it's not just a 1943 penny. Well, I mean, it could be. <laughs> I mean, can't we just... <laughs> it's the one that's missing. It's one bar in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you are into pennies. I didn't know it. <laughs> Wow, that's a lot of money. No, because I've always been kind of, when I was little, I loved collecting coins and, like, looking to try and find, like, wasn't it, like, um, was it the, in, can you say that, Native American head uh, pennies? Oh, yeah, like the Sacagawea pennies? No, no. The, no. Those are the Like the dollars. copper pennies, yeah. Like oh, the, yeah, yeah. Like the old ones. Hmm. Yeah. It's Abe Lincoln on it now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that if you had one with a Native American head on it, it would be worth something. Probably. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It's worth one <laughs> cent, Sarah. <laughs> That's why they used to say that that phrase. Oh, people are like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like pennies don't matter, and I was like, I'll take all your pennies. You I can have all my have pennies. A change I, jar. Okay, I will give you all my pennies because I don't like my pennies. That shit adds up. I know. I just. I think it, living in Oregon, like we don't, since we don't have tax, like we don't have a lot of random numbers yeah, of things that's that we true. pay for cash. Yeah, I'm not like seeking out pennies, but it seems it, like you're kind of a no, penny I'm hoarder not. at this point. <laughs> well, Lisa Wood, penny hoarder. <laughs> 
Well, since there's something you didn't know about me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is very tame for Lisa. Never mind. Let's just talk about Lisa and her beautiful singing voice no. and her love of pennies. <laughs> also, since- shithole apartment. <laughs> oh God, dude. Like, I don't want to specify what it was, but I saw some reports uh-huh. uh, over the past few months about that. Oh, yeah. oh my God, it's disgusting. So there is a. There's a tenants complex. union forming on its of like its own accord. Because okay, so there is an apartment complex here <laughs> in Portland um, that is fairly large that Lisa happens to reside in with her husband <laughs> yeah. and their dog, and um, it's kind of been in the news a little bit over like intermittently over the past yeah. few years because of some issues that have been happening with yeah. it. They're and just they're it's a it's like a I want to say they're slum lords, but it's a huge California property company, and they just don't they fix just don't anything, give right? A shit. Yeah. And so when they do fix things, they're trying to fix things, but they do it really inefficiently. I have a friend that lives there, and they, they, they were like, yeah, so this week, uh, you just can't leave your apartment between 8 and 5. And she was like, what? Uh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> no. Like, no. <laughs> there's just no. There's no answer to that. Like, well, we got to work on the walkway. And it's like, well, figure out a way to let people out of their goddamn houses. I'm sorry. So you're paying to live somewhere where someone's telling you that you can't leave your house? And, like, the water gets shut off probably seven, eight days a month. (laughs) It's really bad. Oh, Lisa. We just didn't have a choice. You know, I don't know. It's been a while since I've been here, but we moved out to Boring. uh, And and it just, long story, but the landlords just turned out to be batshit crazy yeah, know, they're in the cannabis industry, which I learned very quickly is I love weed, <laughs> but <laughs> man, that industry is a nightmare. Oh, God. Uh, so they told us we'd be out there like six years or so. And, and so you kind of planned on that. Yeah. And 10 months later, they were like, yeah, we changed our mind. <laughs> and so we didn't turns. really have a choice. It yeah. was the only place that would let us in without first and last and, you know, because we were just scrambling. Mm-hmm. Um, and during hope- the summer, it's fun. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, Punish. We're just telling ourselves it's temporary. Yeah. So I don't know if you have a house you want to rent me. Yes. All right. So Lisa needs a band <laughs> and a, a house. I'm here to solicit for. Hey, you know what? That's what Greg and I do every day. No, but the way I see it is like the stuff that I can afford as far as renting a house is not going to be the stuff that gets advertised. That's the kind of stuff where someone's going to be like, hey, my friend is, mm-hmm. you know, has this house to rent or whatever. Totally. Well, if somebody it's does just, have a house to rent or something, how can they get a hold of you? Um, um, Lisa F. M. Wood. Yep. At Gmail. Do you remember when I set that up for you? Yeah. <laughs> I still do. Like, every time I give that email out, I'm like, oh, Sarah. Because oh, <laughs> I was oh. like, I think I was like, Lisa Wood's taken. I don't know what to use. Yeah. And it was very appropriate. Is that them yelling? Yes, I told you. It's these, like, squawky bitches. Wait, wait, hold on. Like, so I can mash. I can mash the microphone yeah. against the wall and no, see if I can hear. No, I don't think they're yelling. Here's the thing, though. I don't no, think but they're they, yelling at each other. I think they're just they're excitable. Yeah, like <laughs> no, no. That's what I told you. There's like, oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? Like, oh, I just want to punch. It them. just seems like a really weird place. It to is, have and that like kind I've seen them out in the hallway, and they're all like, you know, these like like skinny hip white girls covered in fucking you know, neck tattoos and everything, and they're just all kind of they're unfriendly. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so Greg and I just kind of like you know. Walk on over to her thing. Like, I mean, oh. I got nothing against tattoos, but no, but it's like a particular that, type. Yeah, you know what I'm talking. They're about. starting to be like <clears throat> a certain kind that are it's like almost preppy like a uniform. It is. It's almost like a like a it's weird like a Portland uniform. Yeah. 
It's strange. Where it's like it doesn't make you unique anymore. Like it used to stand out when you saw someone who looked like and that. And a lot of times you're like, oh, what's that? You know, what's that? Like, what does that mean? Again, personal preference, but I'm I would never. I have a lot of tattoos, but every single one of them means something. Mm-hmm. Like I would never just tattoo myself arbitrarily. Yeah. And a lot of times I find that that's like, oh, I don't know. It was just on the wall. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, I was just gonna say something and I totally forgot because they started yelling about stuff. They're very loud. Yeah, I know it gets very distracting. When we had, um, can the people in the chat hear them? Can I you don't guys think hear so. that? Okay, because I, I don't was know if they say can. that would give you recourse to be like, hey, I know, and I don't want to do that. So it's we record super this show awkward. Every I know, day. <laughs> because then we'll be in here and we'll be loud. But I mean, not yeah. all the time. But if we have like a comedian in here who's like being super loud, then yeah. I'm, I don't. So they want... are audibly yelling. Yeah, and banging. Yeah, they're banging around. around. Like I don't know what they're doing in there. Quite honestly, <laughs> I feel like I'm in my apartment. I know. Also, spoiler alert: Lisa lives near stripper soup. Yeah, yeah. Somebody told me once that uh, that if there was ever a shuttle. Uh, to take strippers to their jobs, that that would be like the only stop they would have to make. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember even when we were there this summer hanging out, and there was that guy who he said was like the stripper king or something. Yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> whatever his name. Stripper king. Who was that guy? You don't have to say his name, but I was trying really hard to think of the Lion King song, and I can't. Oh yeah, which one? Uh, the, the what is life? it when he's holding the aunt, when oh, he's holding uh, the baby up? Yeah. Just, that, that, okay. <laughs> That's it. Oh, from um, no, we can say his name. I mean, he's a very popular. Is it? Yeah, I know. Like I'm friends with friends of his, but I never met him. I just saw him as the like weird guy when we were at the pool. I think he just so his name's Dick Hennessy. He he. Um, it's like a stripper wrangler, right? What does he do? Well, he. I don't know about wrangler. He was the guy who. Uh, put together every year there's like a couple of pageants this uh, is being so proper I'm I just am how you can get uh, see I th- this is how I did like the reverse psychology <laughs> thing on her that's okay. what I was posting so about this a pussy this. pageant god damn it Lisa <laughs> <laughs> it's like Portland's prettiest vagina or something like yeah, that yeah it's like a vagina pageant but it's like a real thing it's and before a, you get all uppity about it, which at first I kind of did, but, like, these women are not being forced to do it. No, I mean, you know? they're willingly like, participating. So he does that, and then he does a whole – but he's basically a promoter. So he does a whole – it's like it's like uh, if you meet a promoter for rock shows, but except for stripper events. So he does, like, uh, you know, like tonight's Star Trek night or whatever, and all the girls will be in some kind of thematic, you know, Star Trek. They all dress like Geordie LaForge. He, have you seen the car that he drives? Yes. Like, you can't miss it. If you live in Portland, you've probably seen the vagina pageant mobile driving it's what around. Some people um, refer to it as a donk. That's what Brian said it's called. It's like the sedan that's been raised up on like 20 inch rims. Yeah. And it's black. And then in super hot pink across the side, it just says, vagina. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too because I, I seem to see it every time I have a friend in town or something they're like what's that and yeah. I'm like oh god that's just the vagina guy it's fine it's like every time you think around. Portland is just completely gentrified there's still something super weird about it I do I do like to find still like the weird pockets about Portland like there are like yeah. there are the people that you know are like it's next door to us and then yeah. there are still like the, the creative weirdos yeah. who still exist in like little corner we're like, pockets we're just clinging to, to, <laughs> to like, the scraps <laughs> Because I still love this city on some level, but yeah. Yeah, it's changed so much. I was with Bozik. Um, uh, we were driving down to see Heather Mayer's book talk at Powell's. Awesome. 
and um, he had just had foot surgery, and I was driving. <laughs> I got lost trying to find the fucking Burnside Bridge. Oh, like, Lisa. But it was because, like, every – so, granted, I spent a year in Boring. <laughs> yeah. But, like, all my landmarks had changed. You know oh, what everything's I mean? Like, different. just trying yeah. to – I was like, wait, no, wait. And I turned, and then I was like, that's not where I go. And, and there's construction like, everywhere, and you have to, like, you? go different <laughs> ways. Oh, yeah. I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> Poor Bozeman. So weird. I lived on a wheat farm for a year. I don't know where I am. No, it just has, it, it has changed that much. And I was just like, whoa, I'm super turned around. Like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm glad you found your way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did pull up some stories. Yeah. I don't really want to do like a full world of crazy, but I did pull up some, some like talking point stories that I thought you might find interesting. Mm. That aren't about pennies <laughs> or vaginas. <Right. laughs> I like vaginas. <laughs> Please don't single that out because <laughs> you know you're gonna. Uh, okay. All right. 38.40. I'll remember that. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Hit me with All one. right. So I do have a few stories that I pulled. All right. So this one just sounded like a night. Did you have a Christmas tree? No. Okay. Do you ever have Christmas trees? Uh, sometimes. All right. So this I'll get woman... like a little, a little one sometimes if I have space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what you don't in your magical apartment complex? <laughs> I'm really glad box. they let you out today. Surprised <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can have a Rottweiler. Actually, I'm not supposed to have a Rottweiler. I just lied. Sally is the cutest. Yeah. She's small. She's very, very small for a Rottweiler. And very smart and, and very wonderful. Um, I just lied. It was like she's. I was like she's got Rottweiler in her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if you, she's a fucking Rottweiler. But uh, it worked, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of follow through there. <laughs> no, there's like, none. All right, there's none follow. She through. is the sweetest, most well behaved dog I think I've ever met. Yeah, I think that she's. She went through a lot mm -hmm. by the time we got her. So I think, if that's. I think dogs are sentient enough to be, like, gracious and thankful for not being in a shitty situation anymore. Yeah. She's just really sweet. You're so, I'm so glad that you took her out of that situation. Yeah, me too. You are a good person. Well, all right. Well, I guess I'm just going to go to the Christmas tree story. Because yeah, this is kind of a nightmare. All right, a Virginia woman's Christmas tree left her with a gift that kept on giving, but oh, not no. in a good way. She found over 100 praying mantises that took <gasps> over her home after she bought an infested Christmas tree. Oh, in Virginia, yes. Those things are—they're cool, but they're—they're they're mean. They're—they're they're pretty. They're I like—I like, I like one, but not a hundred all over my house. <laughs> so I guess there was a uh, like an egg. There were a couple eggs that were laid in the Christmas oh, tree, no. and she didn't know. And she left it up, and then she woke up one morning, and her apartment was covered. Oh, it's making me itch a little. Oh. And her apartment was covered in praying mantises, crawling on the walls, crawling on the ceilings. It looked like everything was moving. Maybe she just took acid. <laughs> Maybe the tree was just a tree, but she maybe. took acid. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was just a bunch of sticks covered in praying mantises to begin with. I know people who like, have them as pets. I'm going to bring it in. I like them. They're, sometimes I'll, you can see them on the street, and they'll just come and like crawl onto your hand. And they're really like beautiful, neat-looking creatures. They are. But it anything, could be worse. It could have been tarantulas. Yeah, anything like with that <laughs> amount of legs and antennas and yeah. all over, and you don't know where they're going to go and if they're going to get in your hair. So this is really uh, reinforcing my need to only buy fake trees. Yeah. I usually just get a tabletop anyway, but like. I know. We have like the fake sparkly one that's going to yeah. live in there forever now, by the way. Because you never know what's going to come home with it. I don't. 
See, that's what I'm going to say every time anyone asks why I don't have anything living except for myself. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to invite bugs. <laughs> no, oh, or eggs. God. Or breeding. My apartment, thankfully, <laughs> is um, pretty bug-free. Like, I don't usually see a lot. No of, spiders, oh, no. Yeah, I know, because it's, you know, I live in, like, a pretty old apartment building, yeah. so it's pretty well sealed off, and I don't have anything that, like, actually really opens the, like, I don't really open my windows. And, yeah. I, that, I, there's an upside. Yeah. Living in the country... Uh, there was everything. Oh, when I visit my parents, <laughs> anything in, you could imagine in Bremerton, because it's so damp up in Bremerton. Yeah. There are just spiders and things yeah. everywhere, and, and rodents, and in the country where there are lots. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Like I would open a kitchen drawer, and there was it would just be like littered with mouse poop. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. But you can't. It's hard to find them because you don't know where they're burrowing in. You know, blah blah blah. But I remember what I was going to tell you. Yeah. So your old house. So Lisa and I used to be neighbors for years and years. Yeah. Um, before she moved up to Boring, and now she lives in a different apartment thing. So the house across the street from you, that old house, uh, the band house. Yeah. They're te- they're it's for sale. No shit. They've ripped down all of the shrubbery and everything. They've taken it all out. Wait. So the one directly across. The one next so the to one... next to Manuel's house. The one the shabby oh. one on the corner. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. So they're selling it. They have they have their own like weird little for sale sign because i know the guy that lived there yeah me too and he lived there longer than as van's still out there then we well he's probably staying to the bitter end yeah but, oh that's unfortunate but i mean i don't it looks like it might be their decision like it he doesn't own it oh he doesn't no no oh so it's just another i mean honestly some days i get really pissy that uh that we ever moved to boring in the first place because we had that rad house but to be, I mean, our, we were getting close to like two grand a month, so we, oh, yeah. I don't think that we would have been able that's to a lot. stay anyway. But yeah, that's insane. Oh, I'm gonna have to reach out to him. And make yeah, sure reach he out and see what. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to know what the story is. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so this lady isn't gonna kill them. This is very nice of her. So she's actually feeding them fruit flies and trying to find them homes. What? Because you would think that this took place in Portland, <laughs> but no, this is in Springfield, Virginia. Why did you just round them up and take them to like your local? insect farm <laughs> are there insect farms i don't know oh you know what you could do it's called <laughs> one of our fine sponsors black's pest service says you could get rid of there them you humanely <laughs> you can call them at 503-723-7957 i mean if her place is overrun with praying mantises manti manti <laughs> stop are you looking at your arms like you're okay <laughs> you're i like i'm covered in bugs right now but like uh it's gonna be kind of I think it's going to be kind of hard to find a home for every single one of them. <laughs> Will you take Georgie? Next up, she's going to start naming them, for she real. To, she, you know she already has. Uh, All right, that's my pretty mental okay. story. All right, would you ever eat in a naked restaurant? Oh, my gosh. I saw the headline about that. Would you? Mm. I feel like you're pretty confident. Yeah. Among people I like. All right, so <laughs> I mean, so it's not if that you're I'm there, not confident. I don't. All right, I, just why? So why? it's a it's a I fully naked restaurant. Why? You can enjoy a three course dinner with foie. Uh, how do you say that? You're fancy. Foie gras. Foie gras. Oh no no no! Come on. Foie 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 gras gras foie gras. There you go. Foie gras. It's very easy. <laughs> sure. Uh, lobster, <laughs> snails, lamb, and scallops for fifty eight dollars. That's really good, actually. I don't know. So would you sit, would you eat a naked meal if you no. get all that for fifty eight dollars? I can. I have, uh, my husband's a chef. Oh yeah. Well, nobody else wanted to either because Paris's first <laughs> first nude restaurant yeah. has closed for lack of business. Like I might consider topless, but 
No. I don't want to be sitting on a seat. Yeah, that's just, there's all kinds of gross things. But why? Does it say why? No, but it didn't. It doesn't need to because it didn't work. You're just so, this so is... desperate to make your restaurant stand out. <laughs> yep. So this is Oh Natural in Paris. So it opened in December 2017. Now it has closed. Oh, so the patrons <laughs> would be naked. The personnel um, who were working, like the waiters and the staff and everyone, would wear clothes. Oh, well, that's not fair. I know. Although... Working in a kitchen naked is terrifying. Yeah, that would not be good. That would be terrifying. <laughs> well, okay, so I guess burns. If, if you are going anywhere <laughs> near Paris before February 16th, you still have your chance to go to Au Natural. So you're saying a naked big-ass sandwiches wouldn't have worked? Oh, God. <laughs> that bechamel sauce would not be good. Uh, oh, speaking of which... Mm. Uh, I'll just tease it that we might we our sandwiches might be showing up on a menu in Portland. What? Soon. Not because of us. Wait, I mean, we someone... won't be cooking them. I don't think. But I don't have a lot of. A, it's not in yet. a bad way though, right? They didn't no, like, it's steal in a great it from way. me. Okay. It's a very dear friend of ours. <gasps> and he asked if we would want to do it, and I just don't know. You know, we have we're just like working stiffs now. We have regular jobs, and I don't know. Are if... you fucking saying right now that <laughs> there might be a chance that? I'm saying there's a chance. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> we don't know yet if Have it you told will be... Tristan? No, but Do you apparently... know that his head will explode? <laughs> you know how much he I mean yeah. everyone lo- There's a lot of people who I think uh, whose heads. So might can explode. I say this? Can I write this on the show description that you said that there maybe. might or might not that, be? Yeah, maybe. Uh we've discussed it in a few capacities, like as a pop up or because we trust this person implicitly if we train them and show them, you know, what to do. But what? what are oh, you, I'm just I'm just mouthing, mouthing people's names me? to her. I was mouthing names to you. What did you say, though? No. Okay. No, 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 no. This is the person who owns a restaurant already. Okay. Is it somebody I know? Or owns a place already. Okay. Um, well, just tell me later. Yeah, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. We talked about it before the new year. He, he reached out, and um, Brian and I talked about it, and we just both were trying to be really realistic, like the amount of prep, the amount of time, the amount of, like, that we didn't know if we could be there as many as, as often as he wanted Yeah. Uh, in order to do that. And so I came back with, well, what if we just train you guys, and instead of it being a pop-up, you just, you just have, like, three big-ass sandwiches on your menu. So. Wow, that's amazing. Maybe, and if not, maybe it is just a pop up. But it, it might. So happen what you're in saying though capacity. is, like if, if people have never had a big ass sandwich, there <laughs> might be a chance sometime in the not so big distant future or distant future that they might there actually might. be able to taste the most amazing sandwich in the entire world. <laughs> there might. I still dream about them sometimes. <clears throat> yeah, I think about them sometimes too. Like I, I every once in a while, I crave one. That spaghetti one. <laughs> it was so good. And the mac so and cheese weird. one. Oh my God. The spaghetti one was like the weirdest it sandwich. It was so weird. And I don't even like spaghetti. And that sandwich was like the best thing ever. Well, and so remember. Um, Wait, it? so if anyone's listening for the first time, if they're new, Lisa, can you please give a brief history? I, who cares about my stories? Those, are, th- those okay. aren't time sensitive. Can you please? You are time sensitive. So if somebody doesn't know what we're talking about, what are big ass sandwiches? So we made sandwiches that were big, hot, uh, homemade sandwiches with French fries on them. Yes, so, this is Lisa uh, and her husband. They own the this company. The basic formula, or not formula, but the basic, um, um, uh, what the fuck? 
construction yeah. of a sandwich was uh, about five ounces of meat, so a little over a quarter pound, and it was um, the roast beef was Brian's homemade roast beef recipe. The turkey we used like actual turkey breasts. This is why it's so intensive because like just making our meat was like a almost two day process. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so meat and then a handful of of uh, fries that we hand cut ourselves. The hand cutting the fries thing, that yeah. little mechanism was yeah. so much fun. I love it. And doing you double it. cook them to make sure that uh, that they're like the right crispiness. Um, and then we made a homemade like cheddar fondue that we called bechamel, and that went over the fries. So it was meat, fries, slathered in cheese sauce, and then it was all wrapped up in this amazing roll that we got from Flirtily in the Hollywood District, who is still open, so I'm sure that we could get the right bread. The best thing is getting that mm-hmm. and then like also getting extra bechamel to dip yeah. it in. Like, just go full fat kid. It's <laughs> so worth it. Well, and that's the thing. Brian constructed the sandwich out of like um, out of like having to work like a nine-hour shift on in a kitchen and just needing as many calories as he could get into his body mm-hmm. at the beginning of it. So it was made for, like, construction workers, blue-collar workers, people who work really hard and just need, you know, and not, I mean, I ate them, and I don't do any of that. <laughs> you know, but, I ate them, too. They were amazing. They're really good. <laughs> and uh, I would work in the cart from time to time. Yeah. And then at the end, I would get, like, I would just work for that sandwich, just, like, <laughs> dreaming about it at the end. Everybody's working for the sandwich. <laughs> I remember just thinking, like, oh, the entire time I would, like, be serving people the sandwiches and, like, oh, maybe I want that one. Oh, no, I think I want that one. Oh, no, okay. Yeah. Oh, just dreaming. It's hard to um, Dimitri in the chat says, um, I dream about Brian's meat. <laughs> Brian makes good meat. Um, Rick says the spaghetti one was awesome. His favorite was the Damien Grillard. Uh, there were, and that, you know, so um, a couple months ago, or I don't even remember when it came out, there was that art, that article that came out about Stanich's mm-hmm. and the, the vice or not Vice, uh, the Thrillist guy that was like... About how too much success can like, like, is ruin it a, bad a business. Thing? Yeah. And I ex- I ended up being interviewed on OPB uh, about it. Wow. And they interviewed... I was at my job, so they just interviewed me over the phone, and Michael Russell was um, in the studio. And they interviewed both of us, and um, we kind of went back and forth. And uh, it was... I. They asked me how it made me feel, and I was like, I was really glad. Because people don't realize it... I'm not I'm not an ingrate. Like I'm super thankful for all of the press that we got and like the travel channel stuff and all of that. It was totally a lose lose situation though. Like you get lines around the block, it 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 totally eliminates your regulars. You get all these people who are there to, to be there once to like put it on Instagram and like, you know, blah 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 or whatever. But they wait an hour to order, they wait another hour for the sandwich. The travel channel has already said it's the best sandwich in the Northwest. Like the hype bar is set so high. Or we sell out of food. Like, there was just so many things. And then, like, the the ball spirals, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like um, – or snowballs. It's just, you know, bad Yelp review because because we were sold out or because it didn't live up to the hype. Or because or, people are just assholes. You know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because people suck. I mean, I saw that work in the window. Yeah. I saw that how people yeah. – like, some people just would also set you up mentally to fail. Yeah. Like, you could have given them the most piping hot, quick sandwich in the world, but they just wanted yeah. to be contrary. That's the thing. It could mm-hmm. be, like, the best sandwich you've ever made. And there's just it's still not going to be good enough for somebody. Yeah. yeah. So like, the guy even asked. He said, "So, so if this, if the tourist is paying this much and the regulars paying this much, what's the difference?" And I was like, "Because your regulars give a shit mm-hmm. about whether you survive or not. Uh, those people don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, they don't care. You know, You're a novelty. It's you know, yeah. it's not like that's the thing that put us under, but it just it made it really hard. And like, and then Facebook throttles you back if you don't advertise and blah 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 blah. blah. You've never been ungrateful. You don't sound ungrateful. You've never been ungrateful. Okay. No, it's um, the whole thing though. 
just kind of got me thinking and like we have so many stories we have so like good bad funny crazy i mean you know the stories from the brick and mortar oh yeah oh my god so many stories we just never all the behind the scenes stuff anybody yeah so i'm like heavily debating writing like writing some stories I absolutely think that you should. Courtney Haymeister is doing a thing at the end of January that's like she's doing like a like a Courtney class on like do you have stuff you want to write? Mm-hmm. I will show you how. You should call I don't. It <gasps> like I know how to write. I'm a I'm a good writer, but I don't know how to write a book. Um, <laughs> I don't know you should call it a... behind the sandwich. <laughs> Can we use the VH1 thing? Do, do, yes. do, do, do. And use the same font and everything. <laughs> Dude, if we do that, I'll give you royalties. Yes. That's actually a really, really good title. Yeah. So anyway. We'll save it. We'll save that's it. what's happening in the world of, of the Have now. you ever thought about, speaking of books, have you ever thought about um, making like a big-ass cookbook? We have. There's a guy who we love dearly. Um, uh, he was the guy who did all of our sandwich um not all, but a lot of our sandwich posters, the graphics that we did. Oh, those are great. Yeah. Um, his name's Ryan Pollard. And he's amazing. And he's been encouraging me since the day we closed to gather up my recipes and also write stories. And so my thought was like, combine the two, you know, write the book about the stories, but like every couple pages have a recipe. Like, make it both. Yep. Um, and. Let's see, we closed in 2016, so here I am, almost three years later, and I haven't done a goddamn thing. But it's, you know, not for not, not for, I just have not had to. I mean, when you when you guys are, <laughs> are ready to do it, there's yeah. going to be an audience. I also that. just have no, I really don't know the first thing about putting a book together, so I need to. I mean, you've to... done press releases, and somebody. Yeah. I think, honestly, I just, just need a to really long... it all out yeah. into a document, and then, like, maybe grab somebody that can help me figure out how to. You know, piece. Do you know who you should talk to? Is uh, Rick? Oh yeah, he's actually oh, yeah. going to be my guest tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, because I know he's he knows the ways of the book writing. Yeah, I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. Someday maybe I will make one dime off of big. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made a lot of people happy. <laughs> you know what? I feel good about that. We. Um, I mean, if I'm still salivating mm-hmm. about it three years later, as most people are, like yeah. there is a market. We, um, the Portland Business Journal did a, um, uh, it was like an oral history of food carts, but I couldn't do anything with the link because it was like a pay, you know, you only can read it if you're a paid subscriber. Um, oh. But he, we all agreed that a really good photo would be for us to go down to our old spot by Voodoo and stand in the, in the spot for the photo. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we went down there, turned the corner, parked kind of like back by the Thirsty Lion, Got out of the car and just like, uh, I like I started crying. Oh. <laughs> um, you know Brenda Vaughn, photographer. Yeah, yeah. She came down to take the photo for us. <clears throat> it was gone. It, it was gone. Like everything the was lot? gone. It was a hole in the ground. Oh. It was just so weird. It was like a punch in the gut. Like Ash Street was closed. There was a chain link fence around it. The entire lot was a hole in the ground. Where your cart was? Yeah. Oh, man. Everything was gone. It was just like, I don't know. I guess I just didn't expect it. And it just kind of sucked the wind out of me yeah, for a I second. Yeah, I bet. And we were like, whoa. Even Brian. Brian was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, 
So we ended up taking a photo of us just like standing, looking down into the hole, like the pictures from behind. Oh man, <laughs> it's pretty sad. <laughs> Super but, sad. Yeah. But man, like, oh. But I yeah, mean, but at least crazy. it was special when it got to exist because it was you know meant to exist at that time. That makes it more special to mm-hmm. me. I mean, I learned more about life and just and people and on that corner than than I ever thought. I mean, yeah, I made so many like, like lifelong friends. Yeah, we moved in there and I was a little sketched out because it was a really shitty part of Portland. And then all of a sudden lefties over every day. Yeah, and like people <laughs> yeah. that I may not have known in another life mm-hmm. or not really interacted with on another level. A lot of homeless people, people that maybe you wouldn't ever take the time to, to talk to, which you should. You absolutely should. Yep. That's what that taught me was like, wow, we made a lot of friends. And it was kind of a culture too. Like, I mean, it was... It, you know, it was a community almost yeah. kind of like how that's why I love doing fun employment radio yeah. because sandwiches is the same way and like the kind of also like yeah, mixing like circles a little bit. all the bike messengers hanging out at Ash Street. Ash Street basically became our living room. Mm-hmm. It's just so, it's just weird. It was special. To see it. Yeah. I mean, it's sad that it's gone, but it's great that it was there. Totally. Because a lot right. of, yeah, a lot of people don't, you know, get to have that experience. Yeah. And it can't, things I guess can't always stay the same. And that's just it. Like when, when people Sometimes when you try to recreate something, it's just, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But you can always do a different format, like writing a book about something. <laughs> and letting your friend make your sandwiches in his oh kitchen. Oh, my God. And letting the, <laughs> the delicious taste of it live on. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. As long as I don't have, I mean, running a business was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. It destroyed me in a way, you know, just like stress. You know, you never know when you're going to have money. We, we were basically living on a teacher salary for, mm. for two of us. You know, it's just it's really hard. Food is really, really hard to run, to make money in. It's it's just hard. And yeah. so, like, would I ever do it again? Probably not. Uh, but I recognize how awesome those sandwiches are. So I'm yeah. totally open to that. Oh, my God. I'm starving right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if anyone wants to write to Lisa, encourage her to go and start <laughs> writing that goddamn book so that we can all buy it. Uh, write yes. her at Wood yeah. at gmail.com. Also. My recipes are in a box in storage somewhere because of the fact that we uh, didn't have space in our new place. So, uh, oh yeah, I so just, give me a house to rent, and I'll write a book. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll, I I'll give her a house to rent and a band, somewhere. and she promises that she will write the book. Does Brian have any interest in writing, or is he like, oh, you can do it, Wood? Uh, he loves the idea. He's not. A, I mean, he's just not. Yeah. You know, I figured he and I at some point maybe we should just go to like the coast for a weekend and just hunker down, and he, you know, I'm sure between the both of us it would be like, oh, remember this time? Oh, remember this time? Oh, remember this? And time? just make a bunch of notes yeah. and then start. And like I'm a pretty good writer, so I think I can get that. I you just need to figure writer. out how to how to make it a book. I know you can. If anyone can, you can, Lisa. Well, thank you for hanging out with me. Oh, my God. It went by so fast. I know. I don't want to go back to work. I know. Well, thank you for hanging out with me. Thanks for having me. Um, And then I'll see you soon. Yeah, we'll hang out soon. Yeah. Just let me know when you're. This weekend, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Just let me know when you're free. Yeah. Well, our birthday, Friday, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, also, you're going to be singing for the Aurora Chorus. You can find out uh, more about that, auroracorus.com. Com? Uh, dot org. org. It's a nonprofit. Aurora Chorus. <laughs> Aurora. <laughs> like the Borealis. Well, I know how to say it, but it sounds foie gras. 
Aurora Chorus. I feel like I just came in here and promoted a bunch of shit, but thank I you. I appreciate it. That's what it. you're supposed to do. <laughs> I See, I'm so, I gently prod you, and then it ends up just being like, all right, <laughs> go, Lisa, go. We didn't even talk about your lack of bra. I know, I'm not even wearing a bra right now. I didn't feel like wearing a bra. My sports bra is too tight. I was talking my about this yesterday. And I br- too big. My spoon is too big. <laughs> I'm <right>. a banana. <laughs> oh my god, I need to rewatch that. That's the best. All right, well, thank you everybody for hanging out. Uh, tomorrow on the show, I am going to be joined by the one and the only Mr. Rick Emerson. Rick Emerson. Rick Emerson. Yeah. All right, thank you for listening. And thanks, guys. Uh, thank you to Lisa Wood, and I'll be back tomorrow with more Fun and Blow Radio. Bye. 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 <laughs>